This is ESPN Radio. TJ Allman hit us up on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at HDUGS83 saying, can we here let the good times roll? Be a great way to start my morning. I'm a teacher, and it's the first day of school. So you ask for TJ, and so you get it from me and Harry Douglas <laughs> on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80 and ESPN2 and ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm going to bring this up real quick before we get to who's more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs or the Eagles. This is what happens, Harry, when you're not a gamer, because I'm not really a gamer. But I pay attention to gamers when they talk about that. And I, one of our guys behind the scenes, Alan Yates, says that Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City is ruining football because apparently on Madden, I guess he could be like a gymnast throwing the football. <laughs> Alan, what is that? You mentioned that to me and Harry before we got started so, here. So remember remember last year? I don't even know when it was at this point because he does it all the time. Like Mahomes, he does, you know, once a season, twice a season, he does a wild pass. No right. look pass behind the back, like diving perpendicular to the ground. Perpendicular. Great word. Continue. You can do that, John, on Madden now. So like, just imagine this. Imagine like you the Eagles and you mean you, you bearing down, you engage eight. Right. And Pat Mahomes does a diving 90-yard pass <laughs> oh, wow. to Travis oh, really? Kelsey. I'm uninstalling the game. Because now I'm like, I, I need some type of realism. Right. And, like, I can deal with people. Like, I can deal with getting burnt on a deep cross by Tyreek Hill. Sure. Over route. I get it. But a Understand. diving pass from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is ruining the game. Now. But, 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 but to take it out. it's not like it's not realistic, though, Yates. But Harry, it's realistic. He's he's running to the left, Mm -hmm. dives left, ball goes across his body to the right side of the field. Now I need to know what's what's real. Like, Uh that's not realistic. (laughs) Well, put it this way: just like Steph Curry was ruining shooting because he made it look so easy, a lot of people think they can do what Patrick Mahomes can do. Then they realize they can't. (laughs) They get out there like, oh wait a minute, this is harder than I thought. It just it just it frustrated me, and I uninstalled the game. Put it this way: you must have been on the opposite team playing against Patrick Mahomes. I was in perfect coverage, Uh, and I had had the sack. That happened against. I had the sack. He jumps over my line, man. I said, wait a minute, yo. But who who were you playing with, Yates? Yeah, exactly. Eagles. And oh, their okay. incredible well, pass well, rush is what they tell well, me. But it is incredible. But so is Patrick Mahomes. Did you not see the Super Bowl last year? 90 <laughs> yards, though? Did you not see the Super Bowl you last year? You can't even do that with a Madden card. Allen, did you not see a guy on one leg in the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, but I see that man jump over <laughs> Javon Hargrave and throw a 90-yard <laughs> strike over two. Harry, see, he buried the lead. This would be a different conversation exactly. if Patrick Mahomes was, and he had him on his team. I don't want to see it. Slacker. He's ruining, he's ruining, ruining what we need in the foundation, man, and I don't like it. God. How do we get to this avenue? How do we get here with Alligators being man. tortured? I'm mad by Patrick Burns Mahomes. Burns me up, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Bob notice at you, Harry. You can weigh in as well at 888-ESPN, mm-hmm. 888-729-3776. Who's likely, more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs or the Eagles? You'll hear what Harry has to say. You can weigh in at 888-729-3776. As you were Bill Barnwell from the Bill Barnwell Show podcast, when he was on Green, he does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst and also reporter. He says the reason the Eagles won't get back to the Super Bowl will be because of this reason. They lost five starters on the defensive side of the ball, both starting linebackers, both starting safeties, and Javon Hargrave, their best interior pass rusher. I know everyone loves what they've seen from Jalen Carter so far in the preseason. think he's going to be a great player for them, but I just think they're going to be weaker on the interior. Desai is going to have to adjust for that as the year goes along. So another team in the Eagles who were very healthy last season, they're going to have to keep that up because they aren't as deep as they were a year ago now that they're paying Jalen Hurts more than $50 million a year. 
All right, you heard that. You heard Bill Brown had to yeah. say, Mr. Douglas. So they they played in the Great Super Bowl last year, Chiefs and Eagles. Who's more likely to make it back and why? Um, this is a this is a tough one because when you look at the Eagles in the conference that they're playing in in the NFC, um, a lot of people will probably think them. But mm-hmm. for me, honestly, I think I've seen it so much with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. That I'm I'm rocking with them in those regards. You're talking about a team who's been in the AFC Championship game all five years that Patrick Mahomes was a starting quarterback, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. So it's hard for me to say that, you know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs won't be there right. until I actually see somebody do it. Now, okay. something that Bill Barnwell touched on, I do understand you know, some of the things that things that he's saying because they lost T.J. Edwards. They lost Kaiser White. Yep. They lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and also they lost Marcus Epps. Mm-hmm. And I've been to uh, McPherson uh, torn Achilles in the preseason game this weekend. Yep. One of and then Javon Hargrave went over to the San Francisco 49ers. But let me remind a lot of people what they still do have. They still have Brandon Graham, who had 11 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox, who had seven. Right. Derek Barnett is coming back from injury. Hassan Reddick, who had 16. Josh Sweat, who had 11. So they still got dynamic playmakers. I think the more the, the 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 main thing for the Eagles that you're looking for, and I call them the Georgia Bulldogs North, right? <laughs> Can all those guys, or which one of those guys is going to step up and make the biggest splash for this defense? Sure. Is it going to be Jalen Carter? Is it going to be Jordan Davis? Okay. Nicobe Dean, I, I feel like it's going to have to have a bigger role because those linebackers. Um, no longer with the team that started a season ago. But I like the Kobe Dean coming out in the draft, and I thought right. it was a steal for the Eagles to be able to get him. And he had a phenomenal play, I think it was in the game against the Cleveland Browns, where he mm-hmm. came through untouched and yep. caused a, forced a fumble. And, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles recovered that fumble. So I think the Kobe Dean is going to be okay. It's all about, I think, Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, those two guys at the safeties now, and the nickel corner, because they did have a deficiency defending the middle of the football field a season ago. So are they going to be able to shear that up moving forward? But I'm not worried about their defensive line. And trust me, Javon Hargrave is a dog, a monster. You ain't lying. And it's going to take more than one person to to try to, you know, do what he did. But I think Jalen Carter can grow into that role. I think being paired up with Jordan Davis, those guys together can grow into that role. Probably not at the level that we've seen it from Hargrave, mm-hmm. but I do believe they have that potential. Hector in Connecticut wants to weigh in on this at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Hector, who's more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl? Is it the Chiefs or the Eagles, and why? Oh, it's abs- good morning. Good morning. Good it's morning. absolutely going to be the Chiefs. I think what's going on is people forget a couple things with the with the Eagles. One. They have new offensive and defensive coordinators. A lot of people don't put a lot of weight on that because it's the same players. I don't agree with that. you got two different mindsets now going into something that they had already set last year. Two, the strength of schedule this year is so much harder. Like, they're not going to get these buys and all the stuff they got for going 10-1, and 11-2, and two, whatever it was. And then three, all the teams in the NFC East are better going into this year. All points are fair by Hector, but I will say this when it comes to the schedule because a lot of people, Harry, talked about that. Patriots, Vikings, Buccaneers, Commanders, Rams, those are their first five games. The Eagles are going to be 5-0 and after those yep. first five games. Nobody's beating them. So when people talk about the schedule, it gets difficult after that. Jets, then the Dolphins, then the Commanders, then the Cowboys, then the Chiefs, then the Bills, the 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Giants, and then they get a break with the Cardinals and the Giants at the end. So, yeah, the schedule is more difficult on paper 
But, Harry, you know this playing in the NFL, when you did that for the Falcons and the Tennessee Titans. Just because we think somebody's going to be good at the beginning of the year, we don't know how that's going to that's shake right. out. And same thing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, for my mind, they're the best team in the NFC. And Hector is right. That division has gotten better. The gap between the Eagles and the Cowboys is not as far as people try to put it out there. The Giants were a playoff team last year. The commander's defense can be really good. We'll see how Sam Howell can do being the guy quarterback. But I'm not going to use the schedule against the Eagles compared to last year because you just never know what teams are going to fall short or what teams are going to rise up during the course of an NFL season. I think one of the things about the schedule, I, I think it could be to the Eagles' advantage, in, in particular Jalen Hurts, when it comes to you know trying to win an MVP. Okay. Right? When you look at all those phenomenal games that they do have on there, and those a lot of those games are in, uh, you know on primetime uh, television. If he goes out there and be the cool, calm, and collective Jalen Hurts that we have grew accustomed to seeing him be, right? Then that's also going to be something that sways a lot of voters into his favor that he's doing it on the biggest stage when the brights are light on national TV against quality opponents. So I think that's only going to help this team. But Jalen Hurts showed us last year on numerous of occasions, right? Adversity is something that he eats for lunch, breakfast, <laughs> and dinner. Right. It doesn't no phase him. But right. when this team is second and 20 from an offensive standpoint, I don't worry about them. Next thing you know, they didn't pick up a first down. Uh, when things go wrong, I was able to call on ESPN Radio the game versus the Colts that they had in Indy where things weren't going right for them across the board. Exactly. But I've seen a guy in Jalen Hurts be able to put this team on his back and do it with his legs and do it with his arm and will his team to a victory. But it also showed when he was missing those last two games of the year how much he actually meant to this team. And it's funny because a lot of people like to say, well, Jalen Hurts is stacked. He has all these people around him. Well, that's what you're supposed to do for your young quarterback. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. Don't, I don't hear anyone saying that about Justin Herbert and all the weapons that he has, but they just haven't capitalized on them. Yeah. It, right? And they it, haven't yeah. been able to stay healthy. Yeah, that's the big thing with the Chargers. For some reason, they just have a wacky, wacky way of having an injury affect their football team. They got to the playoffs and then had a 27 nothing lead yep. and blew that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are more likely to make it back because when you're used to being the hunted and you understand that, you know exactly how to manage that minefield. And if you're going to make sure Kansas City doesn't make it back AFC, find a way to have them play a playoff game on the road. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> other than the Super Bowl, has <laughs> never played a playoff game outside of Kansas City. You don't help yourselves, Harry, if you're saying, hey, Patrick, we're going to let you play in Kansas yeah. City. What could possibly go wrong? You needed a bad second half versus Cincinnati for Patrick Mahomes not to be in a Super Bowl constantly each and every time. you got to find a way, Harry, to make sure he plays a playoff game on the road and not at home in the AFC in Kansas City. And, and, and I think that's, that's a great point, Freddie, because when you look at these teams in the AFC and the landscape of it, you want to try to get that home field advantage. That's why it's important how you start early on. That's why it's important that you win your divisional games. But it's also important when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're one of those teams, I think you got a chance of potentially getting a number one seed, right? Yeah, exactly. When you pay, play the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to beat them because that, that goes plays into a tiebreakers as well. So yeah. if you're not beating them in a regular season, um, it's going to be hard uh, in order to do that. But I will say this, man. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. who's the best player in the football in football right now, and also Andy Reid, mm-hmm. I have to see, like I had to see Joe Burrow two years ago in the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs. If if, if I don't see it, I'm not believing it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Jeff and I want to win on this at 888-729-3776. Jeff, who's more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs or the Eagles, and why? Uh, I think the Eagles, uh, just mainly because with KC, I think, you guys just mentioned what I wanted to to have their number. And then if Cincinnati doesn't come out of the north there, I think Cleveland will. And I think Deshaun Watson's going to have an amazing year. And then kind of a lack of depth uh, on the defense. 
I'm sorry, Jeff. Jeff and I was cutting. Well, out. I, I, I think yeah, he, I think he was touching on something. He was about to say the lack of depth on the for Kansas City's side. defense. But right. here's the thing that I thought was phenomenal last year, right? They had a lot, a lot of young guys on their defense. And in a year, a lot of people thought that Kansas City wasn't going to, you know, do what they did. Yeah. They were able to get all those young guys experience. Yep, exactly. So now they're coming back within a season with not only, you know, playoff experience, but AFC championship game experience, Super Bowl experience, and not only playing in the Super Bowl game, yep. but winning that. That matters. Yep. And I, I can't overlook something like that. Yeah, sometimes your best defense is having number 15 on the other side of playing quarterback. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's your best defense in Kansas City, that he can solve a lot of problems. You can always get through. You can do that on X at HDougs83. That's Harry's handle, my handle, Coleman ESPN. The team more likely to get back to the Super Bowl, either the Chiefs or the Eagles NY. Let us know at HDougs83 and at Coleman ESPN on DX. We'll ask an F.O.S., West, a friend of the show, about that. Who's more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl involving the Chiefs or the Eagles? And what young quarterback has been the most impressive? He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series so XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPNU and ESPN2. We are 21, I'm sorry, 17 days away from the NFL season getting started as Kansas City, the Chiefs, will take on the Detroit Lions on Thursday night to kick off the NFL season. Always good to bring in Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, a great follow on Twitter, at Jeff Darlington to get us ready for the NFL season. That is 17 days away. Jeff, before we get to that, what is up with your dad looking that not strong, but strong <laughs> when I saw that you put on your Twitter handle yesterday about your dad and powerlifting look like he's trying to reboot Oz on HBO. Yeah, man. Like five years ago, my dad decided he was at the gym. He would go to the gym each day and he'd come home. He's not a big guy. He's like 180 pounds, about six foot. And he, he started looking up how, how much uh, weight he was lifting. Turns out it was like way more than most people. So he entered into some competitions. He set <laughs> wow. a few world records. And then on, uh, wow. on Saturday, he got his personal best, 358 pounds in the deadlift. He's uh, 79 years old. And, uh, and he took the, the state championship for his age. So props to him. I, I mean, don't know it, what my excuse is. It's, yeah, I was just about to say, it's obvious you didn't follow into, like, into his footsteps. <laughs> hey, Harry. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> that's what we do, though. We're, we're late bloomers. We, we wait till everybody else burns out. And then we enter into the fray much later in life. I'm just giving it another 30 to 40 years before I jump in. <laughs> Man, by the way, just check out the Twitter handle, Jeff Johnson. His dad is somebody. He looks like a bounce out of the Eastern Promises movie, the way he's lifting all that weights <laughs> yeah. around, throwing those weights around. So far, we got to the preseason. We're finished with the second week of the preseason, the final weekend coming up, Jeff. What was your biggest takeaway from this weekend, or maybe your biggest takeaway so far from the preseason? 
Well, you know, we had a lot of them this past weekend. I mean, you, you started to see like C.J. Stroud, for instance, in Houston after kind of some struggles and looking like the, the game was pretty fast for him in his first preseason game, suddenly comes out and, and looks, looks the part, looks like he's ready to be named uh, the starter in Houston. Uh, you know, in, in, if you keep it on the rookies in, in Carolina, uh, meanwhile, Bryce Young, honestly, the offensive line looks woefully unprepared for, uh, for, for protecting a player who's not only a rookie, but a guy we've been talking about, you know, for the last year about being pretty small, pretty undersized. So right. a little more disconcerting there. Um, but in general, you know, you, you start, I feel like you start to see in this preseason game, you started to see teams looking and feeling ready for week one. It just looked a lot crisper this weekend. So, Jeff, who was a first or second year quarterback that you've been impressed by the most during this preseason? You know, I, I'll go to San Francisco okay. because that we've talked about them all offseason, kind of thinking that Brock Purdy dealing with that dislocated elbow would open the door to Trey Lance, maybe even Sam Darnold. Purdy's already in the game, um, play, taking, pre, taking meaningful preseason snaps, looking plenty good. Kyle Shanahan saying he made all the throws. Uh, so, I mean, not only does it feel like he's ahead of schedule from his rehab process, it feels very clearly, uh, it, it is very clear that Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback in San Francisco, despite you know, a, a lot of offseason wonder whether Trey Lance could make that push. All right, so I'm going to tell you one that I think um, has really impressed, and I want you to tell me, does your mind change about this team going into the season because of this quarterback, Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. Good question. Uh, you know what? That's a great – that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, he looked really good. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator there, who's, who's had a pretty boring offense the last couple of years, it looked like they're ready to kind of open it up, that they trust Pickett more. He looked really comfortable in this weekend uh, to the point where, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough, though, because that division, yeah. you could literally pick any team in that division to finish first. Uh, and I think most people would be likely to not pick the Steelers as that team. But, like, if they get the best, if they get good quarterback play, I mean, I think that's the one thing that people are – reluctant on with the Steelers but if Kenny Pickett looks like he did this weekend mind you in preseason yeah I don't see why they wouldn't be pushing the Ravens the Bengals and the Browns this season no doubt about that Jeff Darlington ESPN NFL report always does a great job joining me Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas this morning on ESPN radio and ESPN two Harry last hour mentioned about what the Giants were able to do getting Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders they draft mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt to really add and fortify him to make it more of his team than Saquon Barkley's team, he's been impressed by what the Giants could potentially do with Darren Waller. If that impression continues, what kind of a threat could the Giants be in the NFC East? Yeah, I mean, much more legit to the point where, you know, I think that we, I'm not suggesting by any means that the Giants are competing with the Eagles yet. The Eagles, I think, are in a tier of their own in that division. But seeing Darren Waller this weekend, Daniel Jones going to him pretty early and often, um, you know, if Waller can look the part that he did with the Raiders for that one monster season that he had, if he can stay healthy and keep his kind of just stay on track, um, yeah, I, I think that that is a huge boost for a team, as you said, that's that's all too reliant on Saquon Barkley. Uh, so does it mean that they're – I think it probably means they're 
they're much more competitive with the Cowboys. I'm still not willing to say, though, that they're competing for the division yet. So I'm going to go to the NFC North. Uh, I think, personally, the Lions will win that division. Um, but watching Jordan Love and watching his progression, right. I think if he has outstanding – I won't even say outstanding play. If he's not the reason they lose games, I think the Green Bay Packers are in a situation where they're fighting for a playoff spot towards the end of the season. What are some of the things that you've seen um, in these first two preseason games for Jordan Love that uh, make you a believer or doesn't make you a believer? Yeah, he looks good. I, the only the only reluctance I have here, and this isn't really fair. This isn't supposed to be a criticism of Jordan Love, but like he should look good by now. He's had three years sitting there waiting. Uh, that, I mean, that is so rare right. these days for a player to have three years uh, of waiting. In by the way, the same offensive system. So it's not like the offensive coordinator has changed in Green Bay since he got there. He has had every opportunity. If he did not look like a franchise quarterback in the preseason, that would be a real problem for the Packers. So, again, I I don't want to take it away from him. I think that they have a chance to be pretty good. But we sort of saw what they were. I don't think they're going to be better this year than they were with Aaron Rodgers last year. I guess that's where I'm at right now. In that division, the Lions look very formidable. The Vikings, honestly, I think we might be sleeping a touch on them. Um, and who knows on the Bears. So I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on Jordan Love, but I do think that they've got a long way to go to be the clear favorites in the division. And, and I will say this, though, because I, I, I will push back because of this reason. Um, if that defense lives up to its capabilities, right. which it didn't last year, that's a huge another boost. If that offensive line lives up to their capabilities and can stay healthy, Right. And also, I, I think, you yeah. know, Matt LaFleur being able to understand that you have a new quarterback. Don't right. put everything on him. Like I thought it was phenomenal in the preseason game this weekend. The first three plays were three run plays. Right. Yeah. And, but that right. shows me that you're going to have to be like that at times when it comes to this young quarterback, Jordan Love, and not put everything on his hands and let those two running backs, you know, do some of, you know, carry some of the weight. So I think if collectively, well, if the supporting cast is better. They might do have. They might have a chance, though. I like your point too about when you bring Lafleur into it. it Lafleur is probably the type of guy who prefers to have. I, I don't want to say system quarterback, but Rogers at times feels like the anti-system quarterback. Like he wants to do what he wants to do at times. True. I, early on, when Lafleur got there, like it took a while to to get Aaron Rodgers to be like, okay, let me listen to the coach. Right. And I don't know that he ever fully did that. Um, maybe to your point, LaFleur system as McVay and some of these other the same lineage, I think that they maybe do like having a quarterback who's going to do what they say, and, and Jordan Love certainly seems to be that guy. So from that, maybe it is uh, addition by subtraction to a degree. Always a pleasure, Jeff. We'll see you at the gym sooner than later, okay? Thanks a lot. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Jeff Darlington, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas. Check out his Twitter handle and see his dad. His dad is somebody you do not want to bleep with when it comes to Jeff Darlington and his father. And also hit us up on Twitter anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. So who's more mad? James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers for not trading him? Or Harry Douglas's kids at Harry Douglas. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN2. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPN2 and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to talk about the NBA launching inquiry into what's going on involving the Philadelphia 76ers. And James Harden is not happy with them because he has not been traded yet. But we're going to get to this. Who's more mad? Is it James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers, or the kids at Harry Douglas? I'm going to let Harry Douglas explain why his two children, his young boy and his young girl, are not happy with Papa Harry this morning. All right, so my daughter Harrison, she's seven, and then my son, um, he's Harry Douglas the fifth. We call him Prince. He's four. All right. So where I'm doing the show from in my house, like my office is attached to our room, but our kids' room is right above above us, uh-huh. and I have the earphones in. And Freddie, you know I'm a loud talker at times. That's nothing wrong Trust with that. Trust me. I can, my wife reminds me that I talk loud. Uh-huh. My daughter talks loud just like her father. Right. So I go in the kitchen during commercial break, you know, to see them before they go to school. And I'm like, Harrison, how you doing? She was like, well, it would be good if you wasn't so loud downstairs <laughs> okay. waking me and my brother up earlier than we supposed to wake up, right? Okay. But she's doing it with the little neck roll and the whole nine. So I was like, okay, wow. I'm sorry, baby. So my son decided he wanted to chime in. Uh-huh. He was like, yeah, daddy, you were super loud, too loud, and you woke us both up. And I'm looking at them two like, we just had a great day yesterday. Exactly. I spent the entire day with y'all. But then let me tell you, I got my daughter. So she was like, well, daddy, are you going to pick me up from school? And my wife told her no, because my wife owns a dance studio, right? So my right. wife was like, Harrison, you have dance today, so I'm taking you with me. So here goes my son. Ha, ha, I get to spend the day with daddy. So she's mad right now. I had to go in a few seconds ago and give her some kisses before she went to school. <laughs> now, now is, is, is Harrison older than your son or is it the other yeah, way around? she's seven and my son is four. Okay, so yeah. th- that's the... That's but the, she tortures my son. Right. Listen, my son, right. my son is trying to survive most days at this house, <laughs> right? But it's good for me. But what I love about the two, though, Freddie, right. when they... When they leave outside this house, uh-huh. um, they don't let nobody mess with one another. Good. Like the other day at Good. a birthday party, yeah, I think a little girl 
uh, was mean to my son and didn't let him climb up on the thing. And she was older. Okay. My daughter went over there and checked her ASAP. And there I was go. just sitting back with my arms folded like a, like a proud dad. Exactly. Look at my girl. Uh-huh. My, the she enforcer. told the girl, no, what you're going to do is you're going to wait and my brother's going to go up on this thing now. So she wow. stood there until my son climbed up on the little water slide and went down. Don't you love when they save that for outside people? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't allow that on the inside. They'll have their little back and forth. But outside people trying to get between your son and daughter like, mm, we're not having that. I was sitting back over there like, look at my girl mm-hmm. defending her brother. That's what I'm talking about. Now, now, see, we need that kind of brotherly love in Philadelphia with James Harden and Philadelphia 76. You see what I did there? Combine that whole thing together mm-hmm. from the Douglas family to the Philadelphia 76 <laughs> family because the NBA has launched an inquiry into all this hubbub that's gone on between the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden. The words public admonishment. Anytime you hear those words, it's never good, Harry Douglas, no matter if you're the admonisher or the admonishee, because plenty of people in NBA circles are not happy with James Harden calling out the general manager of the 76ers when it comes to Dal Morey. They believe that they are pursuing and understand whether Harden was pretending a 2023-2024 holdout in violation of the collective bargaining agreement and have been referencing past contract discussions with the organization that might constitute salary cap circumvention. In other words, these two used to be a perfect union, like Harry Douglas's kids. Not anymore when it comes to James Harden and Daryl Morey. What is your assessment with all this going on in Philadelphia? Well, first, I'll say this. So my brother, Tony Douglas, for a lot of y'all listening, don't, don't, if y'all don't know my brother, he played in the NBA for eight years. So my brother was on one of the teams where James Harden was the star player and Daryl Morey was the general manager and the guy, you know, running things. So I've been around that organization quite frequently. Um, But when you look at the two and how you see how perfectly they match together uh, for an extended period of time, and then you look at Daryl Morey going to the Philadelphia 76ers and the entire time, I won't say the entire time, it got to a point to where, you know, we knew James Harden before going to Brooklyn was trying to find his way to Philly with Daryl Morey. That didn't happen. He went to Brooklyn, but Daryl Morey did everything that he could mm-hmm. to try to get James Harden to Philadelphia, and that's what happened, right? So, so now we're here in a stance where James Harden probably wanted a longer deal, uh-huh. and he didn't get that longer deal. Right. Um, it was agreed upon, I think, between him and Daryl Morey in the front office that if he opted in, they would seek a trade. Key word is seek a trade. You can seek a trade. It doesn't 100% mean that the trade is going to go through, Freddie. Um, the flip side of that, though, the part that I do blame James Harden on is that okay. would we even be here if versus the Miami Heat two years ago, you showed up in those last two games in that series? Would we be in this situation right now in game six and seven versus the Boston Celtics? Keep going. If you showed up and, 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 and did what now. you were supposed to do? Come on now. So you, we can, he can be mad at whoever he wants to be mad at. But at the end of the day, he had the perfect opportunities two years in a row to be that dude or be that, you know, that Robin to Joel Embiid's Batman in key moments. Notice I said key moments. Right. And James Harden failed to do that both times. But I also blame, you know, the front office of the Philadelphia 76ers because it's not like you didn't know what you were dealing with. Exactly. Daryl Morey, yeah. you've been with this guy just about his entire career, mm-hmm. the years that he was in Houston. Yeah. So you you know what James Harden is about. And for James, I think it's it, it, it got to a point to where, you know, you're not going to do what I want you to do, then I'm going to throw you by the wayside. Yeah, by the way, James Harden and Daryl Moore used to be a perfect pair. Perfect pairs brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, too. To kind of carry on what you just said, Daryl Moore was determined to prove that he could have a team that could win a championship with James Harden. 
James Harden believes that he can yep. be the lead guy that can be a championship team. Both of those things are not going to happen. They didn't happen in Houston. They're not going to happen in Philadelphia. And so maybe James Harden has realized that. Or this is just, to me, Harry, James Harden being James Harden. He believes that he should be accorded the same kind of respect and equity that guys who have chips have. No. Steph Curry, LeBron James, now Nikola Jokic. Even Jimmy Butler gets more equity, even though he has not won a championship. But at least he's gotten his teams twice to the NBA Finals. And he's been a dude in the NBA Finals. They just ran into better basketball teams with the Lakers in the bubble and the Denver Nuggets this past season. James Harden believes he should be accorded that kind of respect on that line when, to your point, in key moments, he hasn't shown up. I thought Tim Legler said it best when he, we had a chance to fill in our first take. He says when you're James Harden, your floor can't be six points, five assists, and six turnovers in a game seven where they had to have it from you after having a three games to two lead. You expect that of guys who aren't James Harden. That can't be your floor. But, Harry, we've seen that be his floor, and not just with the 76ers, but definitely the Houston Rockets. But yet he believes he should be accorded more respect and equity because of what he's been able to do in the regular season and not in, like you mentioned, key moments in the NBA playoffs. And I will say this, Freddie, and I'm glad you brought up Jimmy Butler, right? Because Jimmy Butler took a team to the NBA Finals twice. And the team this season, uh, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people, or most people, majority people, didn't see that even happening. That's an eighth seed. Right? You're right. And, That's an eighth and, seed. And they found out a way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They found out a way to uh, beat the Boston Celtics. And in both of those series, mm-hmm. I, I would have bet every dollar to my name that they wouldn't have won those series. And then I would have lost every dollar to my name. <laughs> but it also shows you uh, in, in the greatest moments, in the biggest moments, you know, big-time players step up in big-time games. Yeah. And we've seen that from Jimmy Butler. That's one of the things that we've knocked James Harden for, right? He's been phenomenal in the regular season. Regular season, average the most assists in the NBA, good. Mm. 20-plus points, 21 points, I think, to be exact. But in key moments, kind of how we look at Dak Prescott in the playoffs. In key moments, don't tell me about how good you are in the regular season and what's your ceiling in the regular season, that whole nine. I don't care about any of that from Dak Prescott. I don't care about any of that when it comes to James Harden. When certain things are on the line and the playoffs are here, and you have to be that dude for your organization, for that city, can you be that guy? And for James Harden, he hasn't been. For Dak Prescott, he hasn't been. No doubt about that. Harry Douglas, great stuff from him. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and also ESPN2. I'm going to ask this question when it comes to Harry Douglas. I'm not asking of you as well. At 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Who's the villain in this whole mess? Is it James Harden or the 76ers? trading for James Harden. I'll ask Harry Douglas that, and you can weigh in at 888-729-3776. Who is the real villain in this piece? Is it James Harden of the 76ers, or the 76ers trading for James Harden and not trading him? Your calls and Harry Douglas' response is next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. But the first issue in Philadelphia is what to do about James Harden. As Harry gets his boogie on, 
Everybody get your boogie on this morning. Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So who's the blame? Who's the villain? Is it James Harden in Philadelphia or the Philadelphia 76ers for trading for James Harden? You're here with Harry Douglas, and I have to say, after we hear this from Tall in Tennessee at 888-729-3776. All right, Tall, who's the villain? Is it James Harden or the 76ers for trading for James Harden? Well, I actually have uh, option C, okay. and it's you guys right there. Why is it us? And y'all are the villain because of how you just made James Harden look talking about the past. We have to understand what was the understanding between James Harden and Daryl Morey on why he's calling him a liar. We're okay. talking about his his shortcomings in the past. Okay. I'm sure that's not what the disagreement is about. Okay. So I think we should wait, see what the story is, and then we can place the blame. Okay. Can I go first, Freddie? You can counter first. Yeah, youth before okay. age. Go ahead. But here, here's my thing. Yeah, we understand it's in the past. But if you didn't have those shortcomings in the past, you probably wouldn't be in this situation right now, in the present. Right. You probably would have the deal and the contract that you wanted. But the fact that you didn't show up when you needed the most, when you were needed the most. Now we are at this point. Right. So so if, if versus Miami two years ago in games five and six, if James Harden balls out, I don't think we hear any rumblings. In mm-hmm. last year, game six and seven, if James Harden balls out and he compliments, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers and doesn't have those subpar games. Do you think we're Sanders right now about James Harden? I don't think so. Here it is when it comes to – I get what Tall in Tennessee is trying to come from because when you're a James Harden supporter, supporter of a guy that you like, and I'm not saying his point is not fair when it comes to the whole liar comment. That got personal yes. with James Harden and Daryl Morey. I would never dispute that as far as that's concerned, that whatever was promised to James Harden from Daryl Morey and that promise was not taken care of, it was not carried out, of course he's going to feel some kind of betrayal. So I get that if Daryl Morey had put it out there that we're going to do this for you and it did not happen. But it all goes back to the point that here's why we're here, because James Harden has never delivered in key situations. I give James Harden a pass what happened in Brooklyn because he didn't have to go out there and play on one leg to have Kelvin Durant. He was there more than Kyrie Irving was, and he was out there on one leg. I give him a pass on that because he could have he just you know tapped out, but he didn't do that. But I've seen way too many times with a guy of his ability playing like that where you need him the most. You can't go from having 45 points and 42 points in a playoff series, having a three games to two lead against the Boston Celtics, and then you just completely limp out in the fourth quarter of game six and not even show up in game seven. So if you want to blame the media for the shortcomings of James Harden, then maybe we need to be a James Harden basketball camp to help him out as far as that goes. But the only one who can help out James Harden in this situation is James Harden. Stop falling short in key situations, and then people are not blasting you, whether it's in the NBA, Harry, or in the media. No, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, it's not like he hasn't had ample opportunities to be that dude in certain moments, in the biggest moments. And I think the fact that, you know, he's come up short in all of these moments is the reason why we bring these things up over and over again. No it's not like it happened uh, five years ago when it stopped. It just happened last year. It mm-hmm. happened a year before. So that's why, yes, it's a part of his story as well. When we're trying to tell, you know, a lot of the listeners or viewers – uh, a, B, C, or D. No doubt about that. Andre in Mississippi, who's to blame for this whole thing? Is it James Harden? Is he the villain in Philadelphia? Or is it the 76ers bringing James Harden to Philadelphia and having this blow up in their face? Who's the villain in this piece and why? Hey, to be honest with you, man, it's the 76ers. They the villain. 
We all know how James Harden is, man. He always falls short. So the best thing for James Harden to do is him and Chris Paul link up together. The both of them fall short every year. Ain't gonna play overseas somewhere. The both of them scrubs, and I'm out. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, call Lord. James Harden and Chris Paul scrubs no. now. Hey, yo! Yeah, Andre, no. you just took it too far. Now. Yeah. Now, if you're bringing back scrubs on TV and have those two starring in place of Donald Faison and Zach Braff, then maybe I might say they're scrubs. But <laughs> I'm not going to say those two are scrubs now. Nah, me either. Nah, nah, not at all. But who's the villain in your opinion between these two? I think um, both sides play their part. But at the end Absolutely. of the day, I think it's the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Because they understood what they were getting into. Daryl Morey was with James Harden for a very, very long time with the Houston Rockets in that organization. So at the end of the day, you understood what you were getting yourself into. So I put more, the, more, most of the blame on okay. the Philadelphia 76ers in their front office. I'm going to put it on James Harden because he's too great of a player to play like this in those situations. And you're, it's fair what you had to say. The, the 76ers, they knew what they had gotten into. They should have known what they had gotten into. But if you're James Harden, do be better. Yeah. You got too much talent. We're not talking about Tobias Harris and the whole cookie crumble situation, what he said about his lack of success in the playoffs. We're not talking about – we're talking about James Harden, a guy who's been on an Olympic team, has won a gold medal, a guy who's been an MVP in the NBA. That's what we're talking about. You knew exactly what your role had to be that you have to deliver. And what did you do in Game 7 on the road? You deferred to Tyrese Maxey, to P.J. Tucker, to Tobias Harris – you do that if your name is not James Harden. And I'm not going to exempt Joel and B from, from blaming this as well. He had to play better in Game 7, but at least he has an excuse. He was injured. He was out there playing his heart. He was injured. He was compromised. James Harden compromised himself once again. That's why I put more blame on him because, dude, you're James bleeping Harden. You shouldn't be playing like that in key situations when they really needed you the most on the road in a game seven. Freddie, you brought something up that I, I want to touch on just, you know, very briefly. Um, Joel and B being injured. Now, that's two years in a row. Two years in a row. He, yeah. he got to get to a point now where he can, you know, start a playoff series and, and finish a playoff series 100% healthy. Like you, That's completely you, fair. You can't, you can't want to get to a Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals and you're the MVP of the league or, you know, you know Batman – and you're not complete healthy. So now in 2023-2024 season, I want to see can Joel Embiid going into the playoffs, can he be healthy and, and stay healthy the entire playoffs? Well, not for nothing. They got the guy, Nick Nurse, that can dial up some offense. Yep. So if James Harden wants to stay and Joel Embiid doesn't want out, you got a guy that can get you a ball in spots. What are you two going to do about it, whether you're mm-hmm. together or whether you're not? So it's an important season whether James Harden is there in Philadelphia or not for Joel Embiid. In Buffalo – how important is this season for their quarterback in Josh Allen? That's next on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. More next.